This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy uh, Wednesday. Thank God this month is almost over. Um... Yeah, it's already April 27th, 2022. That's what was just going through my mind when my uh, decayed brain stopped. Uh, A lot to get to today. We got to talk about controversial comments. Zach Wilson, BYU alum, said some, uh, I don't know, is blasphemy the right word? Blasphemed uh, about the uh, LDS church. Some BYU folks are up in arms over it. We'll talk about that. Uh, Do you work out at home or do you prefer to work out at the gym? Um, This craziness over cheating in sports, like how much cheating is enough cheating or too much cheating or is it really cheating at all? And you'd be cheating yourself if you did not shop our affiliate links right now as you watch or listen to this show. Uh, look below. All our links are there. The best t-shirt I own um, is a Carhartt t-shirt. It is in the affiliate links below. Um, just all kinds of good stuff. Everybody asked about the one bars that we eat. The link to our protein bar uh, is also in the, although you don't eat one bars anymore because whatever, you like girl bars. Right, um, right. But yeah, the link to our bars is in the description below, uh, amongst other things. Um, And without further ado, why don't we get talking Utah Jazz basketball? Because we got a significant update on Donovan Mitchell yesterday. Uh, The MRI on his left hamstring came back negative, which is to say there's no damage there. So he is hoping to rehab that hamstring uh, and be ready for Thursday night. Um, It is essentially three full days off. If you look at uh, all day Tuesday off, all day Wednesday off, all day Thursday off for a game on Thursday night, Donovan Mitchell basically has um, 72 hours to try and get himself right. That's a significant amount of time. Now, obviously, it's not just the hamstring that is of concern. He is uh, reportedly, according to Woj, dealing with both quads uh, having significant issues Um, in those quads and I guess the real question is can the Utah Jazz Jake win if Donovan Mitchell is anything less than 100% I don't think so I I I think that up until this point he's been you know he's played the the best basketball that he can play I think I mean he hasn't lived up to his full standard but I think he's been giving his full effort and doing everything that he can do Um, but without him I mean I I don't think that that no, I don't think that you have a, a chance at winning. Like this last game, you know, yesterday on the show, we talked about this last game about how, you know, I think Don had nine points in the last game and how this was a really rough showing for the entire team. But most nights, Donovan Mitchell is going to give you 30 points a night. And and I, I would remind you guys that earlier in the year, you know, he, he could have left a game after really rolling his ankle, something terrible, but he didn't do that. You know, he stayed in the game. Um, and this, uh, once again, was against Dallas when Rudy wasn't playing. So I think if 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 the question is, is he going to play? Yeah, I feel pretty darn confident that Donovan Mitchell is going to play. 
whether whether that's you know his full slate of minutes or if he's going to be limited I'm not sure but I definitely think he's going to play and and I think that they need every bit of his performance that they can get because you know obviously with the season being on the line now you know you're you're in a position where you have to win two in a row and I think that's there's nothing like that in sports. You know, when you're on the brink of your season being over, um, you, you got to have your best performance by everybody, and that includes Quinn Snyder. You know, this this team this team has to make the right plays at the right times, and I think we talk about decision-making a lot on this show with Don and, and with several other players, but I also think decision-making uh, for Quinn. You know, how willing are you to take Rudy out if Don is not 100%? Right, like if Don shows up and he clearly is only like let's say 60-70% and you're not getting his full ability. Well, that's going to change your willingness to play small ball or do this or do that. So that's what's going to be really interesting to see, but they absolutely need everything that they can get from Donovan Mitchell if they have any chance to to win this game because you know Luka's going to play. You know that Luka's good to go. You know that the rest of that team is good to go. So they absolutely need Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I I think need is unquestioned. My question more is if Don is not his normal self, which I he's had a terrible series, let's be honest. It's not like Donovan Mitchell's been playing in an all-world Mikhail Bridges type level. <laughs> uh, but Don has struggled mightily in this series, as have all of his Jazz teammates. Um, so it's not like he's been spectacular. But my question more is, and I think the thing that a lot of Jazz fans have been talking about is if Donovan Mitchell is 60%, can they win this game? And that brings me to, you know, the ultimate question here is how important is Donovan Mitchell to the success of the Utah Jazz? And I would tell you he's vital. Um, he is capable, and I still maintain, I would not be surprised to see Donovan Mitchell come out and drop a 50-piece tomorrow night. Like, that would not surprise me at all. Um, I mean, Don is a, is a proud, proud guy. Mm -hmm. um, you do not have to ask him, um, you know, how he is feeling or how he believes he's played or performed. He knows he hasn't performed to that level. But I think part of the conversation around Donovan Mitchell is his real value to the Jazz in the short term in this series and the long term going through next summer. And I would tell you that, that you know, I value Donovan Mitchell very highly. I don't think it's optional to have Donovan Mitchell on this team. My my passionate opinion is he is your best player. He has got superstar upside. There is no doubt about that. And what happens in a short window like a playoff series where you do not perform well um, and you don't have, like, look at John Morant last night. John Morant has been pretty well off his game in this series against Minnesota. But in the fourth quarter, he has a huge moment where he dunks on Malik Beasley you know, hits a game, you know, uh, essentially a game-saving three, and then the game-winning layup. It doesn't take much for guys of John Morant and Donovan Mitchell's ilk to get going and get back to that superstar level. Donovan Mitchell has to do that because, frankly, he has let the Jazz down in this series. And the thing that is becoming very clear about Don, and maybe this is a Jazz problem, I don't know, but he's injury-prone now. There's mm -hmm. no other way to spin this. He is injury prone, whether it's the ankles, now the hamstring and the quads and the this and the that. Donovan Mitchell has to become a tougher player mm -hmm. because now this absence or the, the lack of performance out of Donovan, I'm not willing to say that it's because he's injured. Donovan Mitchell simply has not put the ball in the hole, right. period. 
I don't care if you're injured, you're out there, so you're well enough to play. And the expectation has to remain high. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I guess my question to you is how much do you value Don? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think I think Don is the guy that, that, that you should be building around and, and, and that you should keep. I think, you know, when you look at when you look at games played over the course of his career, I mean, this is this has been right up there as far as games played as a, a pretty normal season for him. Like you look at, again, if you just look at his career, rookie season, he plays 79 games. Next season, he plays 77. 1920, he plays 69. 2021 is where he missed the most time. He only played 53 games. This year, he's right back up, you know, into the 60s at 67 games. So I think, you know, he is playing. The conversation isn't, hey, is he missing too many games? Right, like it, like it was with like Book a couple years ago, or like some of these other guys. I think the conversation with Don is how often is he actually a hundred percent when he's out there. That's the thing. I mean, we've seen a, a big change in his game. I remember, and you can go and find it in 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 the YouTube archive here. We talked about how Donovan Mitchell's game has changed, meaning he's not trying to posterize people anymore. He's not trying to play really high at the rim because his body couldn't sustain that you're you're seeing much more of a you know a jump shooter layup package type guy now in Donovan Mitchell the issue this year has been that he's just not shooting the ball real well I mean you look at you look at you know his field goal percentage this is a pretty average year for him you know 44 percent from the field you know, and then you look at his three ball percentage. This has been a decent year for him, you know, at, at, at 35 ish percent. So that's why I say, like, I, I think it only takes like you were saying, it only takes a couple of plays for people to flip the script and say, oh, well, he saved them from a round one exit and they moved on to the second round. And Donovan Mitchell is now a hero, you know, but for all those of us who watch him every single day in every single game he plays, we see the little things we see the limping around. We see the laying on the floor. We see the, you know, as you said yesterday on the show, the bending over in the tunnel, you know? So I don't know. Is he injury prone? I Not to the point where he's missing time, but I think definitely to the point where he never is 100% on the floor. And that's a problem because you need him to be 100%. He is the guy that is the answer when the Dallas Mavericks go on a run. And he hasn't been that answer to this point in this series. Well, I, I simply maintain what I've said. Uh, and I said yesterday, I think Donovan Mitchell's a drama queen. I think he wants people to know he's hurt. I think he wants people to know he's tough and he's fighting through it. And I want people to know that your his performance hasn't been good enough. I mean, uh, and, and I think that's the hard part. It's cool that you want people to know you're hurt, but you got to come out and perform. It doesn't matter if you're hurt, you're on the floor. Yeah. Right? Like we're we're in a situation now with the Utah Jazz where they have to win game 6 or the season's over. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter how your quad feels. It doesn't matter how your ankle feels. Nobody gives a damn that you were hurt. A year from now in the summer, um 5 years from now when we look back at your legacy Donovan Mitchell, nobody's going to remember your quad hurt. Nobody's going to remember your ankle hurt cuz frankly nobody cares. Did you put the ball in the hole? Did you win the games? In five years, Donovan Mitchell, I'll ask you a direct question. Will you have won a championship? Because I got news for you, kid. That's all that matters in this game. Yes. All that matters is winning championships. All that matters is, are you growing and developing? And I, I will also say Donovan Mitchell is exponentially, significantly, much better as a player this year than he was last year. 
But now here we are in the playoffs again, and Don's limping around. Mm -hmm. Here we are in the playoffs again, and the Jazz are on the precipice of a significant disappointment. And so the conversation has to be had. What is the real value of Donovan Mitchell to this franchise? Now, again, I'm going to go back. I was talking to a Jazz guy yesterday um, who was talking about that Donovan Mitchell and his teammates were devastated and humbled by what happened the other night in Dallas. And, you know, the, the other thing I thought was interesting yesterday, I was talking to my Jazz guy, and he was saying that it is ridiculous, quote-unquote ridiculous, that people are saying, and he was pointing, and I asked him if he was talking about David Locke, and he didn't answer the question, but – he said it was ridiculous to question the effort of this team. Mm -hmm. He said, do you want to question if guys are capable? That's legitimate. That's fair. Questioning whether or not this team is trying hard or making an effort is ridiculous. And I agree with that. We yeah. talked about this on the show yesterday. I, I, it, this is, there is not a lack of effort on this team. No, they're busting their ass on the floor. And, it, and it's, it's purely a lack of athleticism that, that makes it so they're not able to you know, make the play that they need to make or they, they turn it over in this situation or that situation because of the lack of athleticism. And I think that's what's so tough. Like, this this group of guys, I, I think this particular group of guys, this core group, has been endeared to Jazz fans. I think Jazz fans really like this group. A little bit less now that Joe Ingles isn't here anymore, but I think when Joe was here and the rest of these guys were here, the Jazz fan base really liked this group because they were a hardworking group because they busted their ass every night on the floor and you knew what you knew what you were getting. You know, that's 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 what I think this team was known as, you know, as far as the fans were concerned. And I think for people saying that they're not trying hard or they're not giving their level best, I, I would agree yeah. with, with your jazz guy. I think that's a ridiculous thing to say, but but I don't think it's ridiculous to to talk about like, you know, the things we talk about all the time, roster construction the position and, and what you're asking guys like Boyan Bogdanovich to do, like those are things that are legitimate conversations. And and it's really unfortunate that that seemingly the Jazz are gonna go out in the first round. Like I they can still win the series, definitely. That's still within them. It's still a possibility. But I don't know how you bounce back from the ass kicking that was laid out in game five. I'm not sure what that looks like. I don't like. know that you bounce back. I think what you need to see tomorrow night at the Viv is, one, a packed house, very clearly. And I think you're going to get that. Mm -hmm. um, I think number two is you have to see a much more spirited performance. And the thing that, the thing that I think you can't have is the, the total collapse. The, the, what I saw in Dallas the other night was the Jazz had their spirit broken. That's what happened. Yes. They didn't quit. They didn't, you know, not try. But they knew they weren't winning that game, I think, midway through the second quarter. I think they had a pretty good idea they could not win that game. And, you know, as far as who should have been in the game and who should have not been in the game, I mean, candy's in nuts. It's the playoffs. What are you saving guys for at this point? Right? Like, I, I don't know what you would be saving guys yeah. for. My frustration is, is that we forget how good Donovan Mitchell is. And I think, you know, part of this conversation is you got to ask yourself, do you take Donovan Mitchell for granted? Because I think there's a big part of this where when you talk about Don and you talk about his impact on this team, I think a lot of Jazz fans take him for granted. And I think we we spend far too much time in the Rudy versus Don conversation because I don't think it's a conversation at all. 
You know, and I know that that pisses off the the Rudy Gobert supporters on this show, and there's a lot of you, but it, there's not an NBA general manager. I was talking to an agent yesterday, and and he was laughing about about Donovan Mitchell leaving the Jazz, mm-hmm. and he he said to me, "Do you want to know how good Rudy Gobert is or is not? Well, you're going to find out when Donovan Mitchell plays for the Knicks." Like, there's a lot of people around this league who are convinced that Donovan Mitchell is going to be a New York Knicks a year from now, mm-hmm. which would, to me, that would be tragic. Yeah. It, I don't think it's going to happen. I have heard repeatedly, um, you know, that, the again, the Jazz guys that I talk to have told me repeatedly, hey, we're building around this guy. Him and Ryan Smith are in lockstep. They're on the same page. They've had honest, open conversations. There's nothing that says you should build around Rudy Gobert. The question, I think the only question that you have right now is Donovan Mitchell, that guy that you can build your franchise on. That's what does that the, look like? What is that? When we say to you, like when when we talk about franchise players, is that because I don't think franchise player means now that they can carry you to a championship on your own. We're past those days now. Yes. You, 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 it's not realistic to say like the LeBron Cleveland days where he just took them to the finals. That's that's over with now. You know, the league is just too good now. So is a franchise player just a guy that can lead you in scoring? What it, what do you think that looks like? I think when you talk about is Donovan Mitchell a franchise player, can he be your best player on a on on a team that wins a championship? Mm-hmm. Yes, he can. I don't have any doubt about that. I have no when, when you look at the best teams in the NBA, is Jason Tatum capable of being the best player on a team that wins a championship? Well, I think right now there's not a soul in the world who would watch the way that they've played this year and watch JT develop into the player that he's become yeah. and say that he can't be the best player on a championship team. Yeah. You look at guys like even teams that are out now, like look at Kevin Durant. He's been the best player by far on multiple championship teams. Yeah. I look at like LeBron James is the perfect example of this conversation. Can LeBron James be the best player on a team that wins a championship? My answer to that right now is I'd have to say no. I don't think he can I don't think he's capable of that anymore, which is why Anthony Davis's absence from the Lakers is so crippling. Yeah. I look at look at my look at my team, the Chicago Bulls. They don't have a championship caliber player. They don't have a guy that you can build a franchise on. And I'm talking about DeMar DeRozan and I'm talking about Zach Levine because mm-hmm. those are the only two on that roster that matter. Yeah. Um if you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, can the Sixers build their franchise around Joel Embiid, because I don't even think it's a question that James Harden's not a championship-level player. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Joel Embiid. I, I I have real questions about that. I know you can build around Giannis because that guy's getting better every time he bounces a basketball. It seems like he does something better. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, now he's got a ring. Look at Mikhail Bridges last night. That's a team. And, and this is where I think we as basketball fans get a little emotional. I look at the performance out of the Phoenix Suns last night, and it was spectacular. What Mikhail Bridges did, and Cam Johnson secondarily, what Mikhail Bridges did last night was nothing short of stellar, spectacular, fantastic. Like it, what Mikhail Bridges did last night was more impactful than what John Morant did for Memphis last night. Mm-hmm. You look at the the New Orleans Pelicans with all of the momentum in this series. On plays where Mikhail Bridges contested a shot, New Orleans was one of 14. 
That's crazy. One of 14 on shots contested by Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. And then you look at the fact he drops a career-high 31 points, hitting threes, cutting to the basket, dunking, running the break. Like, that's that's a spectacular performance. I got news for you. He's not good enough to carry a team to a championship. That guy's Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Is he good enough, Mikhail Bridges, to carry a team to a series win over New Orleans? Absolutely. But it's New Orleans. So when we bring this back to Donovan Mitchell, is Donovan Mitchell here and now, right now, today, good enough to sing- singularly carry the Jazz to a win over a Dallas team? Yes, he is. He's not doing that right now. But yeah, he's good enough. Is he good enough on his own to carry a team to a championship? No, not close. Not right now. He's not. He doesn't have a mid-range game. I think uh, uh, an interesting portion of this is how much better does Donovan Mitchell get when they improve this roster? Because that's the thing I think that we can't define yet. Like all these guys, all these names you're talking about, the Bookers, the Tatums, like all these guys have awesome talent around them. I have to sneeze and it's and it's, it's chasing me. <laughs> Sorry. What I would tell you is specifically about a guy like a John Morant, right? Like if you look at John Morant last night, stylistically, Donovan Mitchell and John Morant play very similar basketball. Don's clearly a better shooter than John Morant right now. But it's going in for John. It's not going in for Don. The dunk that John Morant have, Donovan Mitchell does that. He's capable of that. Now, is he the high flyer and the acrobat that John Morant is? Not to that level. He's not top of the backboard high flyer. But Don can dunk on guys. He's shown you that now. Don, Don is absolutely an acrobat at the rim. But... What, what my point more is, is that Donovan Mitchell right now, today, on you know April 27th of 2022, mentally he's not here. Mm-hmm. Mentally he's not able to do what needs to be done. Now, tomorrow night at the Viv, will he be that guy? I, we're going to find out. Because games like tomorrow night are, are character defining. Games like tomorrow night, it's Kevin Durant getting eliminated by Boston the other night, but putting up whatever it was, 39 points. Yeah. Those are character-defining games. It's Kevin Durant getting eliminated because his foot was on the line. You know, like those type of performances. And I think that Don, I'm waiting for that kind of game out of Don, and I hope it happens. I really do. I hope that he rolls out in game six and just lights it up. I I, I really do. Be- even, even if they were to lose the game, it would be it, it would be wonderful to see Donovan Mitchell come out in that game and just be cooking. And and I feel like it's been it's been a while, honestly, since Donovan Mitchell has rolled out in a game and just dominated and just been like yeah. on fire, like unstoppable. Like that Donovan Mitchell like like bubble Donovan Mitchell in that playoff game where he drops fifty against the Nuggets. Like that's the kind of guy I'm like, all right, where did that guy go? Because he's here. He's in that body somewhere, but he's not present. I think and I've, I've heard repeatedly that Donovan Mitchell, I mean, there was, this team was demoralized several times this year. Like there were, and I, you know, like the debate of whether or not the jazz were fractured this year, there's it's, it's not a debate anymore. It's not a debate. And I can only go back to what we were reporting in January, that there was significant chemistry issues in that locker room surrounding Rudy Gobert. And again, I, I just go back to the fact that his teammates don't like Rudy. Mm-hmm. I don't think they hate Rudy. I just think they don't like being teammates with him. I think he's a difficult guy to share a locker room with. And I think that impacts all the guys around him. I don't think that means that Rudy Gobert sucks. What I think it means is 
it steals some of your want to. It steals some of your passion. And I think what you're seeing is in this series that the Dallas Mavericks have limited Rudy's impact. And so you've had to have moments where Don throws a lob to, to Rudy and they win the game. You know, they like that was a significant moment. It fixed nothing. It healed nothing. Yeah. And now you're looking at a guy in Donovan Mitchell who, again, has lower body injuries. He's got injuries to his legs. And now questions have to be asked about him. And I will, again, my opinion has not changed on Donovan Mitchell. I think he's a superstar. I think he's a guy you're going to build this franchise around. But Donovan Mitchell's got to step up. He's got some maturing to do. He's got to learn how to be a leader. And he absolutely has to learn. He has to improve his footwork yeah. because it's killing him on defense. And he doesn't have a mid-range game. It's that simple. If he adds, I'm telling you, if he adds a mid-range game the way he added a three-point game this this year, last summer he clearly worked on his three-point shot. There, His range, like if you look at his numbers, this year was unquestionably a career year for Donovan Mitchell. Like the growth is unquestioned. Like you look at um, his three-point percentage, um, he shot 35% from three, but he also took two more threes a game, right? And he also is, is making... Um, you know, uh, he is making a much larger impact with that. He's shooting more threes, shooting less twos, right? But he's scoring more effectively, even though, you know, the season average was down by half a point. Right. He has to be able to dominate in the mid-range. That's not, if you don't have a mid-range game and everybody keeps talking about how he used to have a mid-range game and it's in the, it doesn't matter what you used to have. Because unless you practice a skill on a regular basis and incorporate that skill into your nightly arsenal, it's, it goes away. Yeah. And it's gone away. Donovan Mitchell is not a guy that plays at the rim anymore. And the reason he's shooting less twos is because he's not in the paint as much, or at least trying to finish in the paint. Yeah. So I, I think when you look at his numbers, his he had a career year in assists. Um, he had a... a a, in my opinion, a really good year rebounding the ball. For a guy that shoots more threes, I, I think having those rebounding numbers is big. But the the glaring weakness in Donovan Mitchell's game is his leadership and his mid-range. And those things have to improve. And when they do improve, there will be a huge jump like in his game and, and with, this, with this franchise. But I, I, I still maintain that because he, he will do all that. You can be confident in that. He will. The growth will be there. He'll put in his time with Brickley. Like, that's going to happen. I just hope for Donovan Mitchell's sake, and, and really for the Utah Jazz's sake, because he's not going to stay here forever if this continues. But I just hope that they do a good job, you know, retooling the team. Because if they do that, you will see this team make, you know, great strides in the postseason. You'll see Western Conference final material out of this team if they do a good job bringing in talent. Yeah, we'll see. The 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 talent on this roster now is just not good enough. I mean, and and again, I I think it's as simple as now Danny Ainge has control of the franchise. Yeah. Because last summer he did not. This summer he will. And I think that that's why I think they they were they were wise at the in, at the deadline. I wish they had done more with Joe Ingles at the deadline. You know, we've I've talked about this ad nauseum with people around the NBA. Um, I feel like they missed an opportunity with the Joe Ingles trade. I think that's the one that hurts you because you really got nothing for that. Yeah. I mean, you, re you, I mean, you save some cap space and, but you got nothing that tangibly helps you on the floor. 
And I think that that hurts. And I do think that the leadership and chemistry, the glue guy that Joe Ingles was, you really miss that now. And I think, I don't think he, I really don't think he comes back to the Jazz this summer. And I don't know that you want Joe Ingles back on this team this summer. I mean, I, I think his best days are behind him. Before he got hurt, certainly they were. Well, and I think you just got to move on from this this era, if you will, uh, like this core group of guys. It just hasn't worked, you know? And I'm not just talking about Rudy. I'm talking about, you know, your Royce O'Neals. I'm talking about, you know, Bogdanovich. Like, I love the guy. I think he's an awesome sniper on the floor. But today's league is just too athletic for him to be having this many minutes. Well, and I think when you look at the guys they're counting on, I mean, you're you're counting on Daniel House, a, a, a journeyman player. He's a huge part of what you're doing right now defensively. That's scary. That you have to upgrade that. Yeah. I mean, Daniel House is a 9, 10, 11 guy on every roster. I mean, if you look around the league, he doesn't even play if he's a Boston Celtic. Like, I don't know that he's on that team, frankly. You look at you look at the guys that are making this roster and you look at the Mike Conley's. Mike Conley's not a top seven guy on a championship team. He's not. He he is a guy that that he 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 has value to the Lakers. He has he'd have value to a team like, you know, if you look at the Clippers, if you look at like I mean, hell, look at Dallas was rumored to be a place for Mike Conley. Are you playing Mike Conley over Jalen Brunson? No. I'm not. I mean, like, like if you look at those guys, I can't even think of a rotational player that Mike Conley would take minutes from in Dallas because their main guys, like Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, like those guys, you're not taking minutes from those guys. No. For Mike Conley, you're and you're not taking Brunson minutes. You're not doing that. And if Tim Hardaway Jr. was healthy, I, Mike Conley isn't even playing. Yeah. You know, like that's – that's the thing that you have to understand is you're emotionally tied to this Jazz roster, but those of us that are not fans, those of us that analyze basketball for a living, we we have the ability to tell you that guys like Rudy Gobert are good. They're not great. Rudy Gobert will never be the best player on a championship team. That will never happen. And, you know, this that's why this argument about feed Rudy, give him the ball more, give him the ball more is – and I'm not trying to write off anybody's feelings or opinions, but it's a ridiculous argument. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a ridiculous argument to take touches away from Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I just ask you point blank, who do you want to shoot the ball? Do you want Rudy Gobert to shoot the ball or do you want Donovan Mitchell to shoot the ball? Well, they started the last game with a set to feed Mike Conley on a, on a, on a three ball attempt. So, I mean, I think they're, what we're seeing is they're trying to get, guys like Mike Conley going, but I think if it's just straight up Don versus Rudy, of course, I'm. you got to give the ball to Donovan Mitchell. And the argument about, you know, Rudy's 70%, you know, field goal percentage, that that's because he dunks constantly. It's just a convenient argument. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stack guy argument. You know? I think you just have to understand that. All yeah. right, Edgar Garcia, first one in this morning. How are you? Ismail uh, Beck-Nielsen, good to see you, my friend. Uh, Edgar says, does intercourse count as exercise? Yes. Yes, it does. I burned extra calories yesterday. <laughs> uh, Neville 93 says, good morning, guys. Shout out for Mo Bamba. What's up, Neville? Where you Shout been, man? Shout out Mo Bamba. Yeah, good to see you. Tanner Plummer says, what Zach said wasn't blasphemy. We'll talk about that in a minute because, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Edgar Garcia says, if, if so on the average, I exercise for about 30 seconds. If, if, if sex is exercise, he, he, he We're clear on that? 
30 seconds at a time and stuff see what i mean like there's that's a that's a longevity stamina right issue right uh jj mar says good morning fellas i'm at the gym now hey hey jj good go. good on you man quinn coached the number one defense and the number one offense in different season needs a better roster absolutely what's up in garcy good to see you rudy sanchez says morning fellas i think mitchell will become more elite once he has the help he deserves around him and in my opinion once that happens, there will be less injuries. I would agree with that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like when you look around the postseason, all these other guys, like, even look at Luka. Luka's got guys that can help him win these games, that yeah. frankly are helping him win these games. You look at Ja, you look at Jason Tatum, you look at, I, I mean, any team that's Minnesota. having success. Minnesota. Phoenix. Like, all these teams have all these role players that contribute on a nightly basis and make a difference so you can win the game. Don doesn't have that. Like it's a, if you look at Phoenix, they're without Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson are big parts of why they won that game last night. Yeah. That should tell you all you need to know about. And I know we take a lot of flack for saying that this jazz team hasn't had depth in two years. They haven't look at George Niang, George Niang's a Philadelphia 76er and he's not contributing, but here there were, there were fans who were terribly upset that he was, that he, he was let go. You should have celebrated him being let go. When Daniel House is no longer on this roster, you're going to be a better team for it. You know, when when Bogey and Conley, and they've been great contributors to the club, great contributors to the club, but when they're gone, you're going to be better for it. And I think that's, you just need to go through that process. And yeah. you will go through that process this summer. I think, I think I just would be shocked if Bogey, Don, and, and Rudy Gobert are teammates next year. I would just be It just stunned. doesn't work. That's the thing. Like, if they're still teammates, then we got to have a serious discussion about about what what the front office and Ryan Smith is doing. CJ So Cool Jr., what's up, buddy? Thanks for being here. He says, he's going to be injury prone. He's 6'1", carrying the Jazz since his rookie year. He's actually a point guard, um, and he had to morph into the Jazz need to fire Quinn Snyder. Young big guards in the draft. Well... You don't have draft picks. That's the problem. But I also think, like, let's not let's not get away from this. Donovan Mitchell's never had the mentality of a point guard. No. Donovan Mitchell is a shooting guard. He's a scorer. Who wants to score. He's a scorer. Like, that's what he wants. So, yeah, do I agree that um, he's undersized for the position? Yeah, he's undersized for the position. There's no doubt about it. But he's got to find a way to strengthen the body and, and get savvy in the mid-range. But that's it doesn't, how, size doesn't matter, though. We keep well, talking about this. When we look at look at Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson is like four feet three, and he is killing you at the rim. He is killing you in the mid. Look at that 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 multiple move fadeaway that he hits on a regular basis on Rudy and and Bogey. But would you say that like that's a mid range style? Uh, yeah, being physical, understanding how to use your body. Look at John Morant. Yeah. Look at Chris Paul. I mean, that you can be undersized in this league, and be really effective. But you got to be able to hit a free throw line jumper at will. Yeah. It, it, like the thing with Don is, is he undersized? I think he's, I say he's, he is six foot. Yes, he's undersized. Yes, he's undersized. That has nothing to do with his performance. Nothing. And I think it, it, it has to do with the, the, the toll that he takes and the beating he takes. But it does not mean that he cannot be physical, and it does not mean that he cannot dominate in this league. He is a guy that should be scoring 30 points a night, but he doesn't. He has a huge hole in his offense. Yeah. He has a huge hole in his I offense. I think right now, with where his game is at right here today, I do think the size thing impacts him. Next season, 
after he's learned after he's educated on how to use his body the right way in the mid-range around that free throw line area extended he the size thing will be alleviated it won't matter he's got to get in better shape that i agree with yeah he has got to train his legs these ankle you know quad hamstring injuries now that are popping up are not accidental he did not play a deep playoff run last year he did not go to the olympics last year donovan mitchell didn't train his body last year is that because he had a significant ankle injury i don't know but he has got to dedicate himself to not having lower body injuries Mm -hmm. like i mean when you look at i look at steph curry steph curry has gone years without a significant ankle injury now and that's a guy that had weak ankles, right? So you can do it. You Devin Booker's another good example of a guy that has trained his way out of soft tissue injuries until right now when he's got a hamstring injury. Donovan is hurt all season long. He's got to be better than that. Uh, Arich Devera, good morning to you, my friend. Last year, Jazz had identity that fell short. They now is trying to a new one while the Mavs forced KP identity and this year they found that it was Brunson jazz this year is the Mavs last year that's an interesting comparison I've heard that a lot you you're gonna have to move like the Porzingis comparison's interesting because you got better not worse once you traded Chris Stapp's Porzingis funny how that works you, you got better not worse <laughs> so that's a that's a very the balls it takes not to make trades that's the thing like it's easy to say, well, we made this trade and it failed miserably. But do you have the fortitude to go out and, and not make a trade? Well, the Jazz did. They passed on guys like Dinwiddie. They passed on a deal that that would have would have landed them significantly more talent. And the question now, like Montrez Harrell is a guy they could have had. How much better is this team right now if they have Montrez Harrell? Especially in a series against Dallas. Quite a bit better. I mean, so now you better get better this summer because some of those deals that you didn't make are going to come back and get you, right? I mean, how much better are you against Dallas if Spencer Dinwiddie's wearing the note instead of wearing the Mavs jersey? You're up 3-2 right now. I think you're up 3-2. I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, Brandon Whitesides, good morning to you. He says, um, Don has stopped playing like Ja. I think if Don was hitting shots, we wouldn't care, but he's not right now. Oh, absolutely. If you're performing, nobody cares. Doesn't matter how you're performing. Nobody you're performing. cares. Yeah, you're performing. Um, and Garcy says, in your opinion, Monty and Jake, would um, Donovan Mitchell be able to accept a secondary option role on the Jazz or any other team? Why would you want him to be a secondary option? Well, if he's if this if he's a secondary option to Steph Curry or Kevin Durant, uh, yeah, I'm sure he will accept think that. He would care. Yeah, but like I think as a Jazz man, no, he is the number one, and I think I think that. Um, you could brand it if you were to go out and get, you know, a, a player on his level. You could market it or brand it as, "Hey, these two are partners in crime," if you will, you know. But there's, you're not going to see a situation where where they bring someone in who is going to be like, "Yep, this is my squad now." Don, you're number two on the totem pole. Yeah, that's just not how. That's not how it's going to work. I mean, when you look at the guys in this league that score at the level that Donovan scores. I mean, it, it's awfully difficult. I mean, he's the ninth leading scorer in the NBA, man. You know the guys who are ahead of him? Durant, Curry, Giannis, Brandon Ingram, um, Jalen. Like, if you look at the guys scoring more than him right now in the playoffs, he's top 10 
right now in the playoffs. And he's struggling. Do you understand how much you undervalue and do not appreciate Donovan Mitchell? You look at he's he's scoring more points per game by a lot than Joel Embiid and Klay Thompson. He's outscoring Jordan Poole, who's one of the hottest players in the playoffs. He's outscoring Anthony Edwards and Desmond Bain. And do you understand that this guy is a a right now today? He's one of the leading scorers. I just I don't know what more you that you know what's funny about that list. Desmond he's ninth Bain. in the regular season. Bro, Desmond Bain and Jalen Brown are number two options on their team. And in, in, in they're on this list. That should tell you just how short this roster is in Salt Lake. He's scoring 25.9 points per game this season. Here are the guys ahead of him. Devin Booker, eighth. Jason Tatum, seven. Jokic, sixth. DeMar, fifth. Trey Young fourth, Luka third, Giannis second, and Joel Embiid number one. Those are the only players in the NBA who scored more points per game than Donovan Mitchell. Like, how much do you undervalue him? And I I, I know I keep saying this. The guy scores a ton of points for you. He is a 40-point guy on a regular basis in this league. Yeah. And yet, you want to trade him, and you want to cast him off, and he doesn't... When this guy adds a mid-range game, he he has the potential. It's very difficult to do, but he has the potential to be like a top three scorer in the league. Yeah. Can he win a scoring championship? I think that's almost impossible. I think it's almost impossible to do that. I don't even, you know, I don't even, for Don, like for Don, I think if you said to him, hey, you're going to average 30 a night and you'll be in contention for the scoring championship, you won't win it but you'll be in contention, but your team's going to go to the Western Conference Finals because they revamped the roster and you're fully healthy and you've got a mid-range now, Don's going to take that all day. And you, if as a Jazz fan, you should take that you all day. Can't, but he also can't miss 15 games a year. Yeah. That's not going to get the job done. Yeah. This is – you've got to play 75 games a year. Yep. You can miss a handful. You know, you can – if you're playing – like, I mean, the best guys in the league are playing 76, 75, 76 games a year. Yeah. You know, you look at – you look at even a guy like Joel Embiid played one more game than than Donovan Mitchell did. Don's got to get healthy. He's got to get healthy. All right, a couple more on this because we got to get moving. Um, BB says, my problem is can we trade Conley? You can. Uh, Suns Rule says, I feel sad for Donovan Mitchell. He needs to leave the Jazz. Rudy is a typical Jazz player. Jazz should keep him. No, Jazz should trade Rudy Gobert. No doubt. Uh, Marius Georgian Chiveron. Uh, says Utah and seven, take note. Uh, Cody Strickland says, morning guys, Jazz killed me and my wife. I'm sorry. Rest in peace. That's um, tough. That's I'm tough. still not seeing any trade value for anyone but Donovan. I think that Rudy Gobert could have been moved. I know Rudy Gobert could have been moved at the deadline. Absolutely. They, Rudy Gobert, they can make a trade. It's a matter yeah. of how much they have to give up to move him. That's the real question. Uh, Tanner says, as a Jazz fan, I for sure can say that I take Donovan for granted. I would agree. Donovan being a Nick would kill his career. Uh, I don't know about that. Would he win championships as a Nick? Nah, I don't think the Knicks are going to win championships. Uh, Tanner says, Don becoming a Nick would kill the Jazz fan base. Frank says, if someone named Dorian can shut you down, you're in no way, shape, or form a superstar. What has his name got to do with anything? Suns rule says undersized players like Donovan can't do much in a lengthy wing league. Well then, I mean, what do you say to Trey young? 
I mean, what what do you say? I mean, I what do you say to Jalen Brunson? What do you say to John Morant? What do you say to Chris Paul? What do you say to Chris Paul's an MVP candidate? What do you say to Alvarado? What do you say? I mean, there's tons of undersized guys in this league. Yeah. I mean, you better be able to shoot the ball and you better be durable. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, Cody said, Don going to the Knicks is like KD going to the Nets. He will not do better than his previous team. I think Kevin Durant's going to win championships with the Nets. I really do. I think this is a critical offseason for them. Suns Rule says, Mitchell got his contract. He would be pleased to spend all that money in New York. I... Don's not a contract guy, in my opinion. Greg Hawkins, good morning to you. Uh, and Garcia says, no Mamba Mitchell needs to take note from what Ja did in the final minutes last night. They play, Don does that on a regular basis. He see, here's shoots the three, gets to the basket, and he dunks. Here's the problem with that comment. This is, this. see, this tells me all I need to know. You didn't watch that game, did you? Ja Morant struggled for like 36 minutes in that game. Yeah, he's been trashed for like, like the last three games. Like he, he has hasn't really struggled. played well. He had three plays back-to-back-to-back, that define the morning news cycle. That's how the NBA works, and that's why I'm saying if Don comes out and rolls out with, like, 40 to 50 anywhere in there in this game six, people will remember this game. Even if they get eliminated, they will remember it. Yeah, this is a highlight league. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Ruff's official says if you can't use field goal percentage stats – then you can't use points per game because when you shoot 25 times a game, you score more. Okay, well, what stat do you want me to use? Like, if you if you look at the, the best players in this league, um, you know, like Don doesn't shoot 25 times a game. He shoots 20 times a game. Um, Devin shoots 20 times a game. Tatum shoots 20 times a game. Um, DeRozan, Trey Young, Luka Doncic all shoot 20 times a game. How many times is Kevin Durant down the list further? How many times is Kevin Durant shooting shooting a game? Where is Kevin Durant? Like, the thing is, while you're looking for that, the thing is, this whole thing with Ruff's about, oh, uh, well, you know, he shoots 70% from the field. You you surely, you can't get away from the fact that, that he's only doing that because he's standing under the basket, dude. Like, I don't understand how to make this any clearer. I, I don't get it. Like, like, can't you see the glaring lack in Rudy Gobert's game? that he can't shoot the basketball, that he can't be a productive offensive player more than five feet from the basket, if that. Like, can you not see that glaring that glaring shortcoming in his game? It, I would tell you that that Rudy's shortcomings offensively are, are twice as worse as Donovan's not having a mid-range, really. I mean, that's the level we're at with, with Rudy. So I don't want to hear you say, well, if you can't use field goal percentage, you can't use points per game. Yes, you can use points per game. Yeah, you I don't use, understand that. You used points per game yesterday when you tried to argue with us that Rudy was more important. Rudy's not 30 points a night. Rudy's not 25 points a night. He's 17 to 20 points a night, and he gives you 10 to 15 rebounds. That's what he does, and that's fine. But what I'm telling you is it's not up to him whether the Jazz win or lose. It's up to Donovan Mitchell. That's who it's up to. So that's just that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean Kevin Durant um shoots 14 15 twos a game um and five and a half threes. So guess what? He shoots 20 times a game. I mean there what is wrong with Donovan Mitchell shooting the ball 20 times a game? He's just got to make them. That's the thing. Like it, it, again, 
I don't want to hear, see, or read comments this morning saying we're not criticizing Donovan Mitchell. We are. Yeah. He needs to make it at a higher percentage. He needs to develop a mid-range game, and he needs to work on his body and, and get stronger. Yeah, I just don't know how you justify trading Donovan Mitchell and keeping Rudy Gobert. Like, I mean, just in salary alone, Listen, it's not a smart way to build a championship team. I mean, Donovan's making $15 million a year less than Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean. You're in the plan at that point. I hope everybody understands that. You trade Don and keep Rudy, you're in the plan. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Louis Diaz, good morning to you. I think Rudy effectively based on Ingles' assist uh, effectivity, based on Ingles' assist in the pick and roll. We need Mike and Donovan to be like Ingles so we can run blender. Well, I mean, the the hard part, the hard part right now is, there's not a lot of human movement in the Jazz offense. I, I mean, the Jazz don't really run offense. They don't – like, you look at some of the the Mikhail Bridges, Bridges buckets last night, those backdoor cuts, those runs through the lane, the Jazz don't have that. They don't – you very rarely see Jazz men cutting through the paint and picking up backdoor layups. Like, that's just not who this team is. Yeah. This is an iso ball three-point shooting team. And they got away from that for large swaths of the series. Now they got back to it the other night and they went three for 30. So for they need to keep shooting threes, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Uh, Big Dog O-Tom, what's up with you? He says, if he was shooting 70% with a signature shot, then I'll give him props. Until then, stop it. Shout the Mobamba. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you dunk and you shoot 70%, it's not impressive. When all of your shots are dunks, it's not impressive. It really isn't. Donovan needs to cut down on turnovers, James Knight says. Absolutely. Agreed. Pistons won a chip with all five starters being defensive-minded. Yeah, you uh, right, but that was in a very different era of the NBA. I mean, if you look at the Ben Wallace, you look at those teams, they also attack the basket routinely. I mean, that was a team that you look at Sheed, you look at Rip, you look at, you know, Chauncey, like that team had professional basketball players on it. That was a that was a really good defensive team, but they were also really effective offensively. Yeah. And I just think the game has changed so much. This has become a three and D league. I mean, it, I think the best defensive team in the NBA is the Boston Celtics and they shoot the three at a very high level. Um, I think you also get a lot of really good rotation and ball movement in that Celtic offense as well. Uh, well, 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 good morning. Y'all Jeremy Bolton says, um, bench O'Neal Neville 93 says is not looking good. Well, there's something to that. Spencer Morgan, good morning too. We learned recently that the Jazz passed on a deal that would have gotten them Siakam for Rudy. Yeah, we talked a lot about that. We, we, I think we were the only ones reporting that and then everybody picked up on it. Yeah. Um, Toronto still, I will say what I've said for, I think going on three months, Toronto makes the most sense by far. It's not close. They have young talent. They have length at wing and they have draft capital. And that's what it's going to take for the, for the first team that the Jazz engage. Because any Rudy Gobert team, tra any trade is going to be a three-team minimum. Because you're going to need draft capital, cap space, and human beings to move. Yeah. And that's why, like, when you, when you look at if the Jazz had been able to land Montrez Harrell and Pascal Siakam, you're in a different position now. You're in a very different position now. So... There are trades that can be made. There's no doubt about that. The problem is when you're a luxury tax paying team like the Jazz, it's got to be dollar for dollar. And they don't have draft capital, at least near time. I think their 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 next first round pick they own is 2025, 20, something like that. 
I mean, like they don't have a first pick for years. So trading, trading is not optional. It is mandatory. You have to do that. You know, like I, I think the problem is you're just not, I don't know that you can build a championship with Rudy Gobert on the roster. I just, the money on its own, forget anything on the court. The money in this roster is deplorable. Like yeah. Mike Conley for 21, Rudy for 41, like that's 62 million bucks right there. I mean, and then you start looking at, you know, the contributions you're not getting from guys that are lower on the cap, whether that's Boyan or like, you just can't count on Boyan right now. Um, you're, you don't know what you're going to get from Royce on a nightly basis. Like those are, while you're not paying them tons of money, those are expensive deals because you, you can't count on them. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how do they get out of this hole? Because this really is the, the crater that Dennis Lindsay left you, you know, like, man, the Mike Conley trade is really just squeezing your balls right now. Like, I mean, it is, if Grayson Allen was on this roster, geez. Yeah, I mean, I, there are a lot of options. There are a man. lot of things that could have changed your fortune. But I, I think, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, that's 2020 vision of the past. You know, I think now you're – I hate to say this, but I just feel like you're, you're going to come into this game six and you're yes. you're going to fight for your life. But yes. I just I, – I, I, I think – I was thinking about this a lot last night. Yesterday on the show we talked about, hey, are they going to end their season at Vivint? Is that going to happen? Man, I hope not. I hope not either. But I got to tell you, when I start to think about this, and I start to think about the way this season went, that would be a very poetic ending to this season. With all the Rudy mm-hmm. Gobert, Donovan conversations and issues and things that have come along, with just all the stuff that's happened this year, ending your season in that building and ending this group's time together in that building would be would make sense to me, you know, not that they're going to yeah. try to lose, but I just wouldn't be surprised, you know, and I don't think that Dallas wants to go home for a game seven. You don't want game seven with the jazz. Like you don't want that. No. And I, I you cannot allow Luca to dance on you. Like those shoulder shimmy, like that BS he owned, he owned Hassan Whiteside the other night. Yeah. Like the, the more I've thought about that play and, and I asked a, uh, an NBA guy I know about that yesterday, and he said Luca knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to piss off the Jazz, and it worked. Yep, got in it their worked. Head. It absolutely worked, and it's unfortunate. It really is. All right, uh, Ruff's official says, what does it matter if it's a dunk or a shot when you get points? The winner is who gets more points. Wow. You really? You just don't get it. You really? don't get it, dude. Okay. You don't understand. <laughs> How do I? Man. Ruffs, I don't know how to how to bring you around to this because you're just so stuck on the fact that Rudy this, Rudy Gobert, look at the games where Rudy Gobert is your leading scorer, right? Like you can't win those games on a, on a regular basis because the style that this team is built to play is not throw the ball to the post and get Rudy a dunk. The style that this team is wanting and built to play in is run pull up jumpers from three on the fast break, ball rotation, pick and roll, pop, shoot the three. That's where this team is the best. Why is Rudy Gobert one of the leading rebounders in the NBA? Because he is an elite offensive rebounder because they shoot a ton of threes and they miss, you miss by nature, six out of every 10. If you're elite. You've got a wealth of opportunity to rebound the basketball. If you're elite, you're missing six of every 10 shots. If you're average like the Jazz are, you miss... You, you miss five and a half the, on their average. 
And I don't mean that they're an average three-point shooting team because they're really a good three-point shooting team. But when when on their average, they're they're making like what do they miss? Seven, six and a half, six and a half, seven of of their threes go in. I mean, I, I'm telling you, when this team shoots 50% for three, it's over. When they when they make just five of every ten, it's over. When they start missing six of every ten, seven of every ten, eight of every ten. That's when Rudy Gobert has big nights. And you look at the nights where he's 20 and 20, they miss a lot of shots. You look at the nights where they make a ton of threes, they're unbeatable. Think about the the change in fortune against the Clippers, where they make 17 threes in the first half last year and then don't make but two in the second half. Yeah. Right? This team is built to shoot threes. That's who their talent is. That's where their Live by talent it and is. die by it. So when you say, why does it matter – it matters because when you're if you're if you're hoping to to take five shots a game, which is what I think you said yesterday, away from Donovan Mitchell and give them to Rudy Gobert, that means that Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, none of those guys are in rhythm, none of those guys are shooting in volume, and you're not gonna win the game. It's not an indictment on Rudy that they lose when he's their best scorer, when he's their highest scorer. Why is that a problem? Because the other guys struggle. They shot three of 30 from three the other night. How many of those did Rudy Gobert shoot? None. And why did they lose? Because their best players struggled. So when Rudy's, you, when you're giving Rudy the ball for 10, 15 dunks a game, that's all well and good. It does nothing for momentum and it gets nobody started. Yeah, his best games are when he's got more rebounds than points. I mean, it's, it, it's very basic. It's very basic. Yeah. You know, like it, it's not rocket science. For this team to excel, Mike Conley's got to shoot more threes. Boyan Bogdanovich needs to 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 make five threes a game because that's his game. Yeah. So when you take five shots from Donovan and give them, if you want to say, hey, take five shots from Donovan, give them, you know, give, you know, two of those to Mike and three of those to Bogey, I'm on board with that. Donovan's struggling. I'm not on board with taking five from Donovan and giving five to Rudy. Yeah. That's just not a recipe to win. Uh, different coach still hamburger, Brandon Butler says. Could be. Uh, Big Dog O-Town says, Foe, show this series is over Thursday. You can't explain the logic to these Rudy fans. It's a waste of good oxygen. Yeah, I agree. I, and, I, Ruff, I, I, I love that you're here every day, man, and I love that you you make the effort. But, again, nobody is saying – he Ruff's official. Nobody is saying take Donovan out of the game. Dish to Rudy. Get a couple more dunks. Nobody said – to take Don out of the game, dude. No. Anyway, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Zach Wilson, mm. New York Jack quarterback, BYU football alum. This is a problem. So Zach Wilson is um, a member of the LDS Church. He is really not practicing. He doesn't go to church. He admits that. But when you're playing golf with your friends, you can't say this. Yeah, there we go. You throw like Joseph Smith telling you plays on the sidelines. <laughs> you look like you still have a charge from college. Joseph like... Smith was fucking 10 bitches, so. Oh. Joseph Smith was effing 10 bitches. Zach Wilson cannot say that. Joseph Smith was fucking 10 bitches. You can't say that. And, you know, like. I say that and my wife is laughing in the background. I actually don't think it's funny at all. I actually think that it is, this is a real problem. 
This is the reaction on Twitter was absolutely. It was viral yesterday. Like people, people were thought really... it was. I mean, there were some people who were upset. Admittedly, there was, but there were also a good portion of people who, who thought it was funny. And I think that's what's fascinating about the Zach Wilson situation. You know, you have somebody who, who, like you just said, is is a member of the church, but isn't really practicing. So, where does that see? This is what I don't understand. Where do you, where does the responsibility stop? If you're a member of the church but you're not practicing, do you still have the responsibility not to say, "Hey, Joseph Smith was effing ten, ten bitches"? Ten bitches. Like, like where does that come and go? Like, I think that's a rough thing to say just as a quarterback in the NFL on tape with everything that's gone down. But then you add the LDS factor, and you're like, "All right, well, that's probably not a good look," you know? I mean. Technically, he's totally wrong. Joseph Smith had 40 wives. Yeah, like, and listen, I, it, it, I'm not, it's not a right or wrong thing. See, here's the problem. It's not a right or wrong thing. It's not a polygamy thing. And Mrs. Monty and I totally disagree on this. I'm not a Mormon. I am not a member of the LDS church. I drink caffeine and probably so. Um, but I am not somebody that believes you mock somebody for their religion. I just don't believe that. I have a real problem when, you, when you're Zach Wilson. And you made your name off of BYU. Mm -hmm. You made your name. You could have gone to Boise. You didn't want to do that. You came to BYU. And they put you number two in the draft to the New York Jets. You owe BYU just about everything you have in football. And so you're playing golf with your friends and you're talking about Joseph Smith fucking 10 bitches. Whether you're a churchgoer or not, that's just not something you say. Why is that something that he can't say? Because it shows a complete lack of respect for the church. It shows a complete lack of respect for the faith. It shows a complete lack of respect for the institution that created your football career. Because you went there weighing 55 pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you, it's bad enough that his, that his, his whole family has been controversial. Like, for him to say this is, I don't know, man. I, 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 maybe I make too much of this. I don't know. I, I, the thing that, that I'm struggling with is that it's very close to how people or religions want to freak out about blasphemy. And I don't think, I I truly believe that you have a right to say what you want to say. There's no, you know, I don't think blasphemy is a thing. It didn't hurt someone's, you know, like it, it's, I, I can see where a younger person in a casual setting in modern times could say, hey, even another, like, you know, there's other religions where there's multiple wives. Yeah, that, you know, was, was but a, it, a fucking the, 10 bitches. Right, I, I get it. But this it, is not, this is Zach Wilson, who, who spent his entire adolescence <laughs> and his entire teenage life at BYU. He grew into a man at BYU. What's the context of this conversation? Is he, he joking was, around? Joking I, no, around his it was unsolicited. And it, it was, again, he is standing on the tee box mm-hmm. and there's a trend in golf right now when you're out golfing with your friends where you're about to, you're standing over the ball, you're about to tee off, like the, the club is at address, like you're just about ready to swing and hit. And they start saying things to you to like make you laugh and throw you off your game. 
And, and Mrs. Monty, by the way, can't hear the audio, but we'll play it again. This is him. And you hear his friends, David Lee, the former NBA player, one of them, like you hear his friends like chirping him up. And one of the things they said was about Joseph Smith. You look like Joseph Smith or whatever. Here's the audio again. Yeah, there we go. You throw like Joseph Smith. You throw like Joseph Smith. <laughs> you look like you still have a charge from college. You look like Smith was fucking 10 bitches, so. Oh. oh. <laughs> so, and, and there you go. So he says Joseph Smith was effing 10 bitches and then crushes a drive down the middle. Mm -hmm. I, like, I don't see that as blasphemy. So, so, I don't see that as out, outrageous or salacious. He had 40 wives. The guy is making a joke that he was, and yes, he technically was fucking 10 bitches. Well, that's all well and I'm good. I'm sorry, but, but, but I you don't, don't see that as blasphemy. The guy I'm, was joking around. I guess we'll disagree. You never, ever said anything funny before. But, right, but I do not... I do not believe in making jokes. And we've had this argument so, before. I don't believe in making jokes about the church. It This goes back to, oh, polygamy and magic underwear. So and it says, it says you sent me something last night that I think is just important in the context of this conversation we're having. Yes, it is blasphemy, in, by in the way. The, the definition of blasphemy, according to the church, according to the LDS faith, is speaking disrespectfully or irrelevantly of God or sacred things, which obviously Joseph, Joseph Smith, Smith is about as be, sacred as would it be gets. sacred. So, so I don't disagree with your logic, Mrs. Monty's logic that hey, like this is modern times. You know, Joseph Smith was doing that type of stuff, but it's more to me about like hey, like you you have you have a responsibility whether you like it or not. You represent BYU. You rep. You're an alma mater of BYU. You notice that. You know, any of the other great names who went to BYU aren't out here saying stuff on TikTok like this. I, I think it's a bad look. Either way, there's no getting away from the fact you look like an idiot saying that on TikTok. Like, yeah, that's and I just think, dumb. Listen, Joseph Smith is a lot of things. He's he. There are people in the LDS church who tell you Joseph Smith is a problem for the LDS church. And I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I understand he's a controversial figure. Joseph Smith is not Jesus Christ. Let's let's separate the two, right? But Greg Hawkins probably makes the best point of all. Blasphemy is a fake crime made up by people. Thank you. And I, I think that's probably true. It doesn't change the fact that Zach Wilson shouldn't have said what he said. It's a bad And look. it spits at the feet of everybody at fucking BYU who helped this kid become who he is and dealt with a lot of BS with this kid and has dealt with his mother and has dealt with his family and has dealt with a lot of things that you shouldn't say Joseph Smith was fucking 10 bitches Facts. on a golf tee because BYU has given you what you have largely. So hopefully someone that he cares yeah, about better. says to him, hey, dude, that was not cool because, well, the whole world chastising him for being not cool is not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just, listen, man. I think that this is one of those deals where it you just forgot, you just forgot to me what BYU's done for you. Like that's just, it's just the disrespect thing. Uh, let's be honest. Why am I upset about this? I'm not sitting here defending the, the faith or the church. I'm upset he disrespected BYU. I yeah. really don't like that, that this happens all the time. You know, like this isn't, and I see all the Max Hall comments that are getting filtered, but this isn't Max Hall, the drug addict who stole at Best Buy. That's not this disrespect. Is this, this is, is different. way different yeah. than that. This is way different than that. And no, I'm not going to bring up the Harvey Unga thing or like, come on, folks, please. He should not. If it, it can, like, how are we arguing this? I can't believe there are people who, who think if this is fine. If you take out, listen, take, okay, so take out the LDS thing. 
right? Take out the LDS factor. This guy's an NFL quarterback on a tee box with his friends in the offseason. In an offseason full of of women getting abused by NFL players. And, and we want to make jokes about, about Joseph Smith fucking 10 bitches. That doesn't seem like a smart thing to be doing. Yeah. Just in the parlance of what's going on in the NFL. Like, I get it. You're with your friends. I also get it. You're an NFL quarterback and a multimillionaire. You have a responsibility not to say dumb things on TikTok. I think it's, I, I just, I, it seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, I, I, I just think, and of course, Jeremy Bolton's got to bring up Brady Quinn. Uh, Jeremy Bolton <laughs> says it's just about respect. Yeah, he can say whatever he wants. It's just a bad look from a university who gave him everything. Yeah. It's like if Brady Quinn yelled, Pope raped 10 children. Thank you, oh. Jeremy Bolton. That's Good great. job, Jeremy. Good news. Thank, Thank you. True. Uh, obviously Brady Quinn, my uh, man crush, who I almost, I almost got bodily fluid on his leg when we were at the Super Bowl together. Right, um, right. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the greatest moments of my life. My producer was like, "Hey, I've got Brady Quinn for you," and I turn and see that sex machine Brady Quinn walking towards us. It was amazing, and then I realized he looked like a leprechaun, and he went to Notre Dame. So making sex jokes about the Catholic Church would be uncouth. But, you know, uh, Greg Hawkins says all religions are fair game for jokes. Zach Wilson isn't representing BYU anymore. He was representing the mm, Jets. Mm, 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 I think, I think yeah, that's a very that's fine a, line, ooh. sir. See, and Greg, it, why do you come in here with intelligent, deep thoughts like this? Like, stop. Stop disrespecting me, bro. We, we, none of us went to BYU. No. And I would love to hear from somebody who went to BYU to hear if there are jokes made within the college it doesn't about matter. plural marriage. Oh, Dude, there is. Well, then how do you tell that kid he, you can make jokes in school privately, but you can't make jokes Because that kid elsewhere. doesn't play for the New York Jets. That kid is not one of the most high-profile athletes to come through BYU in the last you're, 10 you're years. Just, oh, you're just way over the top on this. Okay. I, I think, again, I'm not Mormon. Does he, does I'm he not have LDS. responsibility? Does he have a responsibility as a, as, as a high-profile athlete who went to BYU not to say stuff like this? I don't think he does anymore. He's not at BYU anymore. You're always at BYU. You're <laughs> always at Notre Dame. You're always at Clemson. You're always at... Did Deshaun Watson bring great shame to Clemson? Yeah, I would guess he did. Did Reggie Bush bring great shame to USC? Yeah, I would guess he did. I, I, it just, it's part of your identity when you're a major college athlete. Where did Michael Jordan go to college? UNC. North Carolina. You look at the 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 biggest. Where did Donovan Mitchell go to college? Louisville. Like you look at you look at guys. Kevin Durant went to Texas. Texas. You're identified by your school, man. Like and especially for an institution like BYU that routinely gets mud thrown at them because of the I, church. I do think that this particular situation does bring light to the fact that just because you're LDS doesn't mean you're living the faith. Like, I think that needs to be Absolutely said. Not. You know? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's think that exactly needs, right. I think that needs to be said. And, I, and and that's something, when I first saw this, I was like, yeah, like, I feel like like we live in Utah. Like, I feel like I see people all the time who are definitely LDS but are not practicing. But think about religion in general. This is the yeah. problem. I grew up Catholic, man, and I cannot tell you how many times I pleasured myself thinking about nuns. God bless. Like, it's that whole, it's that whole, okay. <laughs> See, what I meant to say, I mean, you know, my uh, point is, that's the old joke in the Catholic Church is that, hey, you're not allowed to pleasure yourself and you will not think about sex. <laughs> but you wind up pleasuring yourself thinking about nuns because they're beating you with a stick. Like, it's this whole thing about... Oh, like, is that a euphemism? No. It's just a repression. <laughs> yeah, repression. Control. But think about the LDS church. Is there a more repressive church than, than the Mormon church? Nope. That faith is very difficult to live up to the standard. You look at, you look at the beauty factor that there you have to be perfect. Just as, 
just right, as but, oppressive. But, but the Mormon church has a perfect, a level of perfection that is unattainable. Yeah. And if you look at guys like Zach Wilson, I don't have a problem with him. Is he a Jack Mormon? He may be, I don't know. But I don't want to see it on tape. If he's a terrible Mormon, I don't want to see it demonstrated on tape. Hopefully someone that he cares about can talk to him and help him to understand why he shouldn't do that in the future. But that's not us. Yeah, it is what it is. If Wilson was raised LDS, he probably feels like he was deceived his whole life and has some resentment. He probably doesn't have much love, respect for the church, Spencer Morgan says. Yeah, he does not attend church, not, and he is not, not an active. He is not an active listen, member. Listen, let's not go as far as to say that this guy is a suffering LDS member. This guy went to church as a kid, was baptized in an LDS church, and is not a practicing, uh, you know, member. He's not a practicing. He's an member. NFL quarterback who's a multimillionaire out on a golf course having fun. He said something stupid. Yeah, and it, he looks like an idiot, and he's he going to get backlash for this. Yeah, like, he he's not, getting it now. Like you have, listen. I, like, if you're Tiger Woods or you're Deshaun Watson or whoever, any professional athlete has a responsibility not to say dumb yes. things and do dumb things. And Zach Wilson, you're in New York City. Everybody's going to be on this. I'm telling you. Everybody. You're the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, man. Yeah. All right. Um, let's talk about a couple other things real quick. Yeah. We're going out to the Salt Flats this weekend with the Jeep. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to the Salt Flats, by the way? Yeah, I've been to Wendover. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have never, I have never stopped by the salt flats and driven on them. I'm excited to take our Jeep out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then next week the Jeep gets lifted. So here's the question. Like, is it fun to like go and do donuts on the salt flats? Yeah. I think it's really fun. Yeah. It's super fun. I think it's super fun, especially if you have a Jeep or if you have, you know, Tacoma or Forerunner or like an off-road vehicle. Yeah. I think that's going to be incredibly fun. I think that's the whole point of having those kind of vehicles. Okay. Jeremy Bolton. Jeremy? Now, if if Zach would have said something stupid or said something about fisting multiple ranch dressings, then the, that's crossing the line. <laughs> Jeremy, your headband's on too tight today, bud. Oh, I got please, news for you. We almost made it through a show without him bringing up. <laughs> anyway, um, here. So here's my point. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm super excited about that. Um. And part of part of the other thing about weekends with the Jeep is we're not working out very much on the weekends anymore. So you want to get a mirror? Or you brought it. I don't know that no, you no, want to no, get a mirror. Yeah. You brought up the mirror to me. Yeah, no. All like I was working saying, out at home versus working out at the gym. Yeah, I think work. So the pandemic made it so that a lot of people started working out at home, mm -hmm. and I think that since the pandemic started, there's been a lot of gimmicks like the mirror that have come out and have said, "Hey, like this is a great at home workout." You know, I don't get the mirror thing. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just a cool it, – it, I the, the word I use is a gimmick. It's not fake. It's just a gimmick. It's like, hey, there's this mirror on the wall, and it, and it you know, you can work out to it. Like, my point just is, is, is it more comfortable to work out ho at home or at the gym? Because I'm a gym guy. I like going to the gym. I like the feel of the gym. But, like, Mrs. Monty doesn't like going to the gym. She prefers the at-home vibe. So I think it's really interesting, after the pandemic, how many people now are at-home people. I don't know. I, I you never go to the gym. No. You're more. You're a Pelotoner. You're on the bike or the like. You were on the treadmill this morning and. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're never gonna have the guns, you know. But mm -hmm. it's fine. Not concerned, but you know. Um. <laughs> yeah, everybody has different fitness goals, but why I don't you like going to the gym? You don't enjoy the gym. Yeah, I, gyms are filthy. <laughs> 
like wow. filthy. I've taken pictures and taken them to the front desk and been like, hey, when is the last time you ever cleaned this place? Do you even live? Yeah, I got to say, Vaza needs to pick up the janitorial services. Uh, because that one time you I got agree. ringworm from using a preacher curl bench. Yeah. Like, what do you bench? Nah, yeah, I'm good. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I won't preacher curl at a public gym. That's nope. gross. That's gross. To but me. that doesn't mean the gym is not usable. No, or like I, I think the gains that we've had, um, and the, the 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 gains that we've had for me anyway have largely been through nutrition. But the the lifting and the I mean, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal to see. Like, I actually have traps and shoulders, and like, it's crazy. I'm more talking it's about crazy. the vibe. I'm I'm talking yeah. about the energy you feel when you walk into a gym. Oh, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. Like, I I love like we just got a Peloton tread. I love it. I love it. It's been it's been two weeks since I used it because we were out of town. But it's really the Peloton treadmill is worth every penny. I mean, it is a it is an elite piece of equipment. There's no doubt about that. And it doesn't make your balls numb like the Peloton bike does. Um, so, yeah, that's why I can't ride the Peloton bike because it, it numbs up the boys. Uh, but that's not really the point, I guess. Yeah, I don't what? know. I just don't I don't groove on the on the gym vibe. I, we did. I think we had more fun in Sandy when they had like other things like the you know, the ball throw and mm-hmm. the ropes. Mm-hmm. That was more fun. But overall, like, I don't know. I, I just don't, and I can get what I need here. Yeah, and go on with my life. Okay, so we're getting tons of advice on off-roading now. Chris Carn says salt flats. Take the jeep down to Little Moab in Utah County and do some off-roading. Whoop, whoop. We're going to Big Moab um, in I guess three weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, little. I, I would go down. There's a ton of trails that I can't wait to get on. The reason that we're going to the salt flats is because we need to make content. The jeep is going to get a massive facelift here in a week. Um, we're putting a two and a half inch Terraflex lift on it. Um, and we're putting, we're, we're basically rebuilding the suspension. Um, so we need to create content of that is before the lift. Yeah. Um, so we're going to roll out there. We're going to drive the Jeep really fast. Um, we're going to have some fun out at the flats. Like I, I, it's, I think it's great. And the other reason that I like the salt flats is the visuals are spectacular. Uh, we'll see how many people are out there. We need to leave it. Oh, dark 30. Mrs. Monty, you need to get your ass out of bed. Um, it we're gonna need to leave very early to to beat the crowd. But yeah, we're gonna have fun. It's gonna be a really good time. Um, the salt flats are fun. Like yeah, it, I, I think it is. It it's cool. But yeah, don't mistake yourself. We are. I am waiting for the snow melt to happen. Um, like to drive. Like what's that trail? So many over of to our Tuila? forest roads are. Yeah. OHVs are are closed due to snow. Like Butterfield Canyon. Butterfield be Canyon, fun. that's it. Yeah. You know, there's so many out towards Midway, out towards the Well, Utah County Utah like, County's got a ton of yeah. great trails. There's yeah. like and obviously Moab and you know, like there's just so many places to, to off road in this state. And I'm really looking forward to it. I, I'm excited. We're like I said, we're going to Moab in a couple of weeks and we will be lifted and it's gonna be amazing. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, I use the mirror sometimes just to make sure I'm doing the lift properly and that my headband is properly placed. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Brandon Butler says, if you're, uh, if you are off-roading little Moab is where you need to go. We will. Um, Monty, uh, uh, Mirrors are good to watch your technique in all exercises. Oh, I I mean, we, we use the mirror all the time. 
I mean the equipment, the mirror, the, the, the actual the company, the mirror. The is mirror, that tonal? I think it. No, tonal's different. Tonal's. I think. Let me look it up now. See, I, I thought the, you guys you, would know what I was. You know talking that about. the mirror. It's yeah, a. It's, it's like a, a thing that hangs out, on the wall, and, and you, it has the. It like, has video and it. Fly you do, arms and pull. Yeah, you do classes. Things. Which means I you imagine don't you gotta like really. Yeah, tonal is different. So tonal to the wall, dude. Tonal yeah. and mirror are different. Tonal is a totally different system than 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 mirror. Okay, I just wonder if anybody outside of Utah actually gives a damn about Zach Wilson and Garcia says. I think they do. Um. Anyway, anyway, my point is, I'm excited to go to the Salt Flats this weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I and I think it'll be cool, like you know, to get this Jeep out and because we've been out of town, like we haven't we haven't had a lot the of Jeep. I think yet. I've driven the Jeep twice. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of and chances once to go was and do to the stuff. grocery store. Yeah. So, so it's not a grocery go getter, but you got to drive it occasionally. I almost drove it to the gym yesterday because it's, it's been sitting there for like 10 days. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, we need to get it out of the garage a little bit. So we'll do that this weekend. I, I think building this Jeep is going to be really fun. Like, I mean, if supply chain cooperates, it has so um, far, I feel like it has so far. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we're, we're into, we'll see. There's a lot I want to do to it. I mean, I, I like, we're looking at, I need to get an air compressor before we go down to, uh, to Moab. Um, if we're, I'm not a big crawler fan though. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to doing like huge crawling or off-roading. I'm more looking Once forward you do to it. You will. Once you do a little, you'll be like, Oh, that's fun. I don't mind running <laughs> stuff over or driving over obstacles. I just, I'm not, I'm not that much of a, of a you know stretch my jeep out and i'm much more i love driving fast off-road um i mean we we paid almost two thousand dollars for fox shocks uh reservoir shocks so that we can do that mm -hmm. um and i don't know what the other question is like 37s versus 35s um like what tire are we going to wind up in on that like on my my Tacoma, I had Coopers, but I don't know that I'm gonna that that's the tire to use on that. Like, there's just so many questions, so much yes. money to spend, and so little money had. Um, <laughs> so it's it's gonna be fun. Yeah, we'll see. It is gonna be fun. So anyway, yeah, there you go. Play the music. We have to go. Um, make sure you shop our affiliate links below. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much. You can find us on Spotify, um, certainly Apple Podcasts. Um, Amazon, anywhere you, you get your podcast from, just search The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. We are just about, we're just short of 4,000. When we get to 5,000, we're going to give the PS5 away, uh, which will always be fun. So please make your, sure you subscribe. If you're here right now, give us a thumbs up. We appreciate you. Uh, and until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Everybody's talking.